Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Man, so glad that you are uh, here with us this morning. If you are uh, watching online, if you've connected at uh, online campus or through Facebook Live, we're so glad uh, just to be part of this morning together. Uh, it's going to be a special, uh, special morning. Uh, again, just grateful for your presence. If you uh, are a guest with us, we'd love for you to, to shoot a text uh, to that number. We promise not to uh, be at your house in five minutes after church or anything like that, but uh, we'd love to uh, to send you uh, just some encouraging things along the way and just to share uh, a gift with you. Uh, so we'd love to connect with you uh, if, if you're watching online or uh, just here with us this morning. Uh, we are blessed to have uh, Men's Team Challenge with us this morning. Uh, you're going to be in for a treat as they lead us in worship. Uh, I've been blessed and encouraged uh, many times just being part of their chapels and being able to come out and, and spend time uh, just with them. And, and I shared uh, at our early service that, uh, you know, I think as pastors that we're supposed to go out there and encourage them. But anytime I have been uh, with these guys, I have been encouraged. I've been challenged. Uh, I've left worshiping, and that's our heart today. Not, uh, I hope that you've come to church ready to worship, and I hope that we'll leave uh, worshiping. Uh, Mike and, and Betty Barris are, are here with us, and, and Mike uh, leaves, and, and I'm sure uh, we're behind every good man, as uh, Jack Horton says, is a surprise woman. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, but we love, uh, love them and, and love the ministry that, uh, that they uh, take part in here. And so you're going to hear more about that uh, throughout our service uh, today. But again, thank you for, for being here. Uh, I want to go to the Lord in prayer and then turn uh, the service over uh, to Mike. Father, we're grateful, Lord, that through the blood of Christ, Lord, that we can approach your throne. Father, we... We have access to let our requests be made known before you, Father, that we could come and we could find peace and we could find help in our time of need. And Lord, I thank you so much for Teen Challenge being with us this morning, God. We pray, Lord, for each man that will share in their testimony, Lord. We thank you for their ministry and the way that they uh, have impacted my life, the way they impact this community. Lord, we pray your continued blessing on them. Lord, we lift up Many, Lord, this morning that are in need of your special touch, Father, we lift up Elise Sutton in Texas, Lord, as she begins treatment, Lord, we lift up Mike Geiger, who's our custodian here at the church, Lord, who Lord, is in need of your touch, Lord, from his stroke, Father, we pray, God, that you would God, just touch and heal, Lord, we know you use medicine, we know you use doctors, Lord, but we know that you are the great physician and you're a good father, God, so we just lift these requests up to you. Father, we pray for our services today, Lord. We pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that's never surrendered their life to you, God, we pray that this morning, God, that they would be changed by your grace, Lord, that you would redeem and restore. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for every person here, Lord, and we pray that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would change us from the inside out, that you would allow us to leave this place different than we came, worshiping you in all of who you are and your faithfulness. Lord, we love you. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. My name is Mike Barris, and I'm the executive director of uh, Men's Teen Challenge of the Smokies. just want to start off by saying thank you very, very much. We want to say thanks to Cowie Baptist. Y'all have been such a blessing in so many ways. Cards and letters saying that you're praying for us, financial support and encouragement and everything else, and we just appreciate that so much. I just, I'll say now and just in a few minutes just a little bit about who we are and what we do in case some don't know. We're a 12-month residential addiction recovery program for men. Uh, 12 months uh, because uh, long-term recovery has the highest success rate. We have a 15-acre campus out at the old Camp Colisage across from Sugar Fork. It was an old church camp that we fixed up. It took us almost a year 
and we couldn't be in a better place. We've got staff housing and a dorm and basketball and volleyball and some cabins that we're fixing up for after the men graduate, all kinds of good stuff. And so uh, I'll tell you some more about that in a minute, but I want to say thank you. Men, come on up, and uh, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, worshiping the Lord today. And uh, the, the words will be projected, uh, and, and if you know the songs, uh, please don't sing along, it messes us up. <laughs> Not really. If you, if you want to sing along, just worship the Lord with us, and, uh, and we'll come back in a minute and tell you some more. I know that the name Teen Challenge is a little confusing when we have a bunch of men in the program. I'll kind of explain that. 
See, some of y'all might remember back in 1958, David Wilkerson started this thing called Teen Challenge. Some of y'all might remember the book and the movie Crossing the Switchblade. But see, it was older teens at the very start. And, and thank the Lord for David Wilkerson, who had a heart to reach out to people in addiction. When he knew nothing about New York City, and he knew nothing about drug addiction, he just had a heart to help. Um, sometimes I call it a stubborn love, where you, you never give up on somebody, even through a roller coaster of a, of a situation. Anyway... It evolved. They started starting more centers. So it has evolved. Today, there's over 230 teen challenge centers. Some are men. Some are women. Some are teenage boys and some are teenage girls. And ours is a men's program. Now, just to give you an idea of what we do, I'm going to show you some pictures here in just a second. Uh, we start off with uh, early wake up. We have breakfast. We have morning chores. We have uh, quiet time, the men find a place on campus, 30 minutes of reading their Bible and praying. Then we have classes through the morning. See, the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, a lot of people think if a person just really, really, really got saved, they would never do drugs or drink alcohol again. But see, it's, it's much more complicated than that. And, and it's important that... that People in our program learn a new way to handle their emotions. We have classes on anger, uh, on depression, on how to handle conflict, conflict resolution, on attitudes. See, sometimes we inherit attitudes or develop attitudes that get us in trouble. We have counseling, one-on-one -on -one counseling, because a lot of times there's traumatic events that affect somebody that makes them want to escape or cope. Uh, so we have classes through the morning. Then we have uh, lunchtime. Our guys eat really well. We, we're so thankful. You know, we, we have different churches that bring us a meal. We have people that donate food. We have, we have a good relationship with some of the stores that are giving us food that's about to go out of date. Don't tell anybody I said that. I, I shouldn't have said that. Keep that just between us, okay. Uh, but, but we're so blessed. The guys have great meals. Then we have recreation for an hour. Uh, it's just so, the campus, see, we have basketball, volleyball, cornhole, horseshoes. We have a gym that guys can work out in. It's so recreation for an hour. And then work detail in the afternoon for three hours where they do building maintenance. We're working on these additional cabins for transitional housing for after they graduate. Uh, we have a wood shop that they make furniture in, uh, lawn maintenance. And then we do a good bit of volunteer work like at CareNet Habitat. Uh, helping people move, different things like that. And then we go to local churches on Wednesday and Sunday. Uh, the guys go hiking on Saturday afternoons. We love music. Uh, we love to worship, learning new songs on Wednesday. We're doing guitar lessons. There is one-on-one -on -one counseling. And we're seeing men who came from some deep, dark places. One of our recent graduates was trafficking drugs in France and did five years of a 10-year sentence in France. We've had men that were living homeless, eating out of dumpsters, sometimes only having dog food to eat. Uh, students that were suicidal, one of our graduates uh, was withdrawing from benzodiazepines and opiates in jail, went into a psychotic event, and they found him he had hung himself from his own bed sheet, and they found him early enough that they cut him down. He had a minor stroke. Uh, today, he is a graduate working with a pastor and got married and has kids. And we've seen some men come from some pretty deep, dark places and really seen their lives transformed because we're very much Christ-centered, Bible-centered, discipleship, learning a new way to live, living God's way, according to the best owner's manual there ever was. Let me show you a short video just to give you an idea uh, of some of the, 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 the facility, some of the activities that the men do. This will kind of give you a little bit of a visual.
gives you an idea of, of, uh, of our, our facility and some of the things that we do there. So uh, I'd like to ask those uh, training phase and above, except for Jerome and Brandon, to come on up to give you a three-sentence testimony. And uh, I want to say we feel like our, our program has probably the best community support of any program in the country. This area has just been wonderful. We started off with nothing. We were just doing referrals. We fixed up the old camp. It took us a year. Uh, and it's just been wonderful to have uh, the community support that we have. We appreciate you so much. Hello, everyone. My name is Greg. I'm 41 years old. Um, born and raised in Miami, Florida. Since then, live in North Carolina. Was addicted to drugs nearly half my life, living for all the wrong reasons. Since then, I've been saved by the grace of God, baptized here at Teen Challenge for 11 months now, graduate next month. Thank you very much. My name is Jacob. I'm 25 from Winston-Salem. Uh, I've been using drugs since I was 13 years old, and now I'm uh, living a life that's bringing me closer to Jesus Christ, and uh, we're glad to be here today. Thank you all. Uh, how y'all doing? I'm Sam. Uh, I've been struggling with uh, opioid addiction for the last 15 years. Uh, in and out of prison most of my adulthood life. Um, since I've been here, I've started building a relationship with God, and uh, just happy to see what's in my future. Thank y'all. My name is Dalton. I'm 27 years old, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, an absolute rock bottom brought me to Teen Challenge. I had no idea who Jesus was. I didn't have a relationship with him at all before coming here. Uh, since being here, I was baptized on March the 9th, and uh, I have to surrender daily, but just keep on keeping on. Guys, come on back up. Uh, this song we're getting ready to sing, The Goodness of God, these men have, uh, have seen... God trying to get their attention all their life, and they can look back and see how God was faithful to, to be there for them. And uh, we even uh, did something not too long ago. We invited the sheriff's department, police department, and probation officers out to our center, and the guys sang to them, and one of our early graduates who's now on staff thanked them and, and prayed over them, and then we even sang the song, The Blessing, over them, and the men wrote out... Uh, pages that we gave to them and made copies as a gift, because uh, even being arrested, even being in prison, a lot of these men will say that was their wake-up call for them to uh, realize, man, things, things got to change. We got to do something different. So uh, join us as we sing, Goodness of God. as a father, I've known you as a friend. 
I suppose to bring a short message today, if you would turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. The message is believing and surrender. Mark 1, 14 and 15. And after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Look at this. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the gospel. Now, for uh, for 36 years, I was in pastoral ministry and and helped people in addiction and, and dismo things. One of the things we did was short term mission trips. I love short term mission trips. Been to Guatemala a bunch of times and been to Honduras and Mexico. Learned how to speak a little Spanish, just enough to get me in trouble. I go to I go to El Charles and I say, "Gase uh, dia reina." And then they start talking to me real fast, and I can't understand it. It's crazy. But I know just enough Spanish. Uh, did, you know, did you know that the word esposas in, in Spanish is wives and also handcuffs? Just a little. I didn't know if you knew that. I don't even know why I said that, but. Where was I? Before I got in trouble. Uh, okay, mission trip. Guatemala. We, we were down there, and uh, we, we had permission. See, we did drama. We did some old Carmen songs in Spanish uh, that the, uh, through a PA system, and we did drama. It was really effective. We got permission to do in a parking lot of a, a secular high school, but we had to do it when they, when they got out of school. We'd do it in this parking lot. What a great opportunity. We got there early. We got everything set up. We had some time to kill. Just over the way, there was this church. So we, we thought, well, let's go check that out. So a really old church. It said like 1292 up at the top. I didn't know if that was the year it got started. I don't know. But anyway, we, we opened these big doors. You know, it's a little dark in there. Nobody's there. We kind of go in. It's like, oh, man, this is really weird. It's like 
there was like these tables and they had like black tablecloths across them with, with the front skirt of it. There was like skulls and crossbones and stuff. And then these like weird statues. Really weird. And we're kind of walking towards the front. And then, then up front, there's a glass casket with Jesus laying in it, a mannequin. And we're like, man, this is really weird. And then right then, I'm not making this up. And then right then, the bell goes, gong, gong. And we're like, man, let's get out of here. It was so weird. And then I was talking to the missionary. Now, I don't know about other parts of Central America or whatever, but the missionary explained it, that in this area, that in the early years when the Catholics came in as missionaries, Rather than convert the people, they just kind of added Jesus into the mix of what they were doing. They just kind of added Jesus on. They didn't convert from their, their witchcraft and their Satanism and their Santeria and other stuff. Just kind of added Jesus in. Jesus is not an add-on. Jesus wants to take control of our lives. Mm. See, he wants to take over. See, believing is easy. See, now, you know, we all know and love John 3.16, whosoever believeth. So believing is easy. This verse that we read, it's red letters. It's Jesus talking. It says repent and believe. Repenting and surrendering are not so easy. But they're important. See, um, Jesus also said, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. It's not three magic words. You say the three magic words. Jesus is Lord is supposed to be a reality. See, we talked about the kingdom it says the kingdom of God is at hand. My life verse, uh, if, if, if I have a tombstone, probably won't. I'll probably be in a vase. But, but uh, anyway, uh, Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. The only way you can seek first the kingdom, a kingdom has to have a king. Is Jesus the king of my life? If so, then like the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the king. I'm the servant. I want to love him. I want to please him. I want to obey him. I want to leave my agenda and take on the agenda of my master, the king. See? Luke 9, 23 it's still in the New Testament. It says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him. I always wondered for years, you know, how does that work? Back then, he would come, they're, they're fishermen. He'd say, come on, leave, leave that, follow me. So they would follow him. Tax collector, leave that, follow me. And so, I, well, everything in the Bible applies to us, but we can't, like, physically go outside, and Jesus is standing there, and he says, and I felt like the Lord said, they left their agenda to take on his. And if we're going to follow him, according to Luke 9, 23, we need to deny ourselves. It's not about me. See, a lot, of, a lot of what we hear, in my opinion, is self-centered Christianity. See, we're supposed to deny ourselves. We're supposed to take up our cross. Well, the cross is how they die. We're supposed to deny ourselves. We're supposed to die to self. We're supposed to follow him. Do you, do you want to please him? Do you want to obey him? If he's king, if you, if you believe that, that this really is the best owner's manual that was ever created, you, you should not feel like you have to read this. You should want to read this. These are the words of life. See, you know, Man, if Jesus is king, 
And I realized I was a sinner, and we've all sinned and fall short. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. If I realized I needed to be saved and, and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and I asked for forgiveness, and, and I've repented, in other words, I had to come to the place where I, I didn't just want fire insurance. I had to come place, to the place where it's like my way didn't work. I tried it my way. Isaiah says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one turned to his own way. I have to come to a place where it's like, my way didn't work. He's Lord, and, and I want to surrender to him, and, and this is his word. And, and, and I do this because I want to obey him. I want to please him. But I believe this really is right and best and true. So why in the world would I want to know what I could do and still go to heaven? Wouldn't I want to know what would please the Lord? When I'm making a decision, why would I say, what could I do? Why wouldn't I say, what should I do? Repentance is the beginning of a changed and ongoing changed life. See, for these men, let me, I'll, I'll just tell you. So if they, if they say, and I even said to this Friday in chapel, I said, even if you come to the place where you realize you need help, that's good. But you can't just say, I want help, and then just add Jesus on. There has to be a repentance. There has to be a surrender. My way didn't work. I got to learn a new way to think. I got to learn a new way to react. I got to learn a new way to relate. I got to learn how to surrender to him and seek first the kingdom of God. That's how life transformation happens. So we call it discipleship. Matthew 28, 19. It didn't say to go into all the world and make believers. It said go to all the world and make disciples. And we're a one-year discipleship program. I mentioned this in the first service. I know of a three-year program. You know, if the men think one year is long, I know of a three-year program. It was Jesus and the 12. And... Uh, to, to really have intense discipleship, wow, not only is it a life change, but we believe that just like when they, they talked about those 12, they said, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And they said, how could that be? They were kind of an unlikely bunch. They were uneducated people, and how could this be happening? Well, a God likes using unlikely people, and he's looking. His eyes are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth to strongly support those whose hearts are fully his. Hallelujah. So uh, we're so happy to be involved in this one-year discipleship program. We're seeing lives changed and transformed. It's pretty awesome, and I think that the Lord wants us all to be his disciples and to leave our agenda and take up his. Mm. Amen. Okay, Brother Jerome, Brother Brandon, come on up. They're going to give their testimonies. Thank you so much uh, for letting us uh, come and sing today and give our testimonies. Uh, my name is Jerome. I am 52 years old. That means that any time in your life, Jesus can touch you and uh, allow you to turn the way of the world and turn around to him. Um, unlike some of the men, I was born in a Christian home. My parents were great. I had two wonderful parents. I had three wonderful sisters. Um, all through school, uh, every time the church doors were open, we were a part of it. Every summer, we came up for a rich crest to ski and hang out with Christian friends and to learn about God. I was happy at that time. When I, uh, that was all during school, and when school finally ended, uh, my Christian friends, my church friends, they went one way, and I went another way. Um, I have a twin sister. Um, I ran a, a gang of uh, guys, uh, just a den of thieves. That's all we did. Uh, drugs and alcohol was a big part of my life twin sister that were below me, she was a bank robber. And um, we both spent time in jail. She spent time in her prison. Um, we, um, 
She had went to a Teen Challenge program when she got out of prison. She is a, uh, a wonderful Christian woman now, 13 years. God has worked miraculous through her life. Um, God is the only one that's going to save your life. I have tried to find happiness in this world and what the world had to offer uh, through sin, drugs, and alcohol. I've tried it all. I have done it all. And even though that uh, you have grown up in church and sat in these pews and sang and listened to the pastor sing, does not make you a Christian in life, does not make God your friend and uh, intimate with your Savior, Jesus Christ. It was only now, at 52 years old, that I feel that uh, my, fin my friendship is Christ and, and what Christ has done in my life. Um, I have, uh, in one of my last stints in jail, uh, when I got out, I asked JC, uh, which was my twin, I asked JC to uh, help me. I thought that, you know, she would just call me to her home and, and help me along, uh, but she has said, no, I have a, a plan for you, Jerome. God is talking to me. She has put me through this Teen Challenge program. I've been here now 11 months. Um, this was the, the it, was, it was a hard time in my life that I wanted to do here, but I have found my happiness in Christ. Teen Challenge is not where I wanted to stay. I wanted to leave Teen Challenge after I graduate, but God has certain plans in your life that if you will shut up, which that's what I have to do, I had to shut up in my life and listen to that small, still voice. Um, I'm going to stay. If this Teen Challenge wants you know me, I will stay another year at Teen Challenge and uh, work with the men that has helped me to grow so much, you know, in my journey with Christ. Um, uh, just because you are a Christian uh, doesn't mean that now we're just going to be running through roses, you know. God has shown me that even my roses have thorns. So he puts a lot on my plate because he says that I am a strong soldier that uh, he has plans for me out there, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. I have found my happiness in, 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 in his bosom, and that's exactly where I'm going to stay. I thank you so much for allowing us to do our testimonies. Good morning. How you guys doing this afternoon? Well, my name's Brandon. I'm 22 years old. I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona. My family and I, we moved over to a small town, um, Polk County, North Carolina. Not for all that, I get, get everyone get that mixed up. Um, um, hmm. I like talking to, uh, to be real, I like talking to a big group because I don't know who is out there to hear my story or kind of relate to. Um, I was raised in a Christian family, a very adoptive, caring family. Growing up, because, because I am adopted and because I am, you have these sense of abandonment, a rejection, of a loss, and that growing up, that leads to confusion on who you really are as a person and where you stand in a crowd. Um, so my whole life, I've been trying to seek after people's acceptance. I've been trying to be someone that I wasn't, and that led to a lot of confusion. Um, if I hung up with this type of friends, then that would make me feel accepted. And if I hung up with this type of friends, like with my church friends, then I'm, that would make me feel some, some type of way. But I found more fulfillment and satisfaction in the less people that weren't going to church because I thought that's where the connection was. Ever since I've been doing this, um, finding my identity in Christ and trying to figure out who I am, um, it's been a journey. It's been a really, really hard journey. I don't know why I was going, why my parents were going, were sending me to therapists, anger management classes, why, why were they sending me to different camps? And I was confused with that. You know, people were trying to tell me, oh, you're bad, you're, you know, you're not going to make it, you're, you're this type of person. You are what the world says you are. And that's just all lies from the devil. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't who you are. Um, this led up to high school. Um, 
out of high school, I was still feeling that way. Now, I didn't graduate like five years ago. So I mean, like, this, is, this is all new to me. But um, after high school, I really, if no one's going to accept me in this world, no one's going to know my name, then I'm just going to go a totally opposite direction. I'm just going to go totally south. And that led me to experiment with smoking weed, drinking, hanging out with these two type of people. If I was with this, with, with a black group, with a black group of friends, then I got to act like them, you know? Like I got to act as someone that I wasn't, or hang out with this type of people, then I got to act like that. And there was no fulfillment in that. And I thought, um, so that allowed me to smoke weed, to drink, um, hang out with these different girls, anything to get my hands on because I wanted more pleasure, I wanted satisfaction, I wanted my name to be known. I mean, all the wrong reasons. I had a, I have an overdose um, encounter and when I overdosed November 17th of 2018, um, I hit rock bottom. After that, I just felt like, you know, it, it, it scared me to a point I needed to get my life straightened up, and I needed, I needed help. Sometimes the best step and the biggest step is taking the scariest step and knowing what you want to do in life. Because I have to do that. You know, this, I mean, I see a lot of young faces out here, and I don't know if you can relate to me or not, but you try to seek acceptance. You, you try to look for people's approval, and that's the way it's at. Your, your, your approval is in God alone. And I thought, being accepted by people, it compares to God. But what God has for you is way much higher than what, 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 what people can give you. The Lord pulled me out of, my, out of my mess. He can pull you out of your mess. I overdosed. I, I ran away. And I was just looking for all the wrong reasons. I found Teen Challenge. My dad found Teen Challenge. Um, and ever since coming here and having this group of men here and, and having relationship, this is family for me. This is where I find my acceptance. This is, this is where, and, and the atmosphere here, you guys are amazing. I love y'all. Like, you probably don't know me, but like, I, I love y'all. Um, you guys, this is a good place to be. I love being in the house of God. I love it. Um, seeking God, just... just <laughs> Can be a preacher. Amen. Um, now being in Teen Challenge and being where I am today, my whole life flipped. You don't have to go after people's approval. I finally have that in my heart. If I'm going to say the name Jesus, I'm going to be committed to it. I'm addicted to what I used to do. I'm addicted to, to Jesus and Jesus alone. I'm going to say the name Jesus proudly. I'm going to say that he's my portion. He's my salvation. <laughs> I might try to start preaching here for a second. No, I don't want to do that now. <laughs> no, but seek God first. Like what Pastor Mike said, Matthew 6, seek ye kingdom first. Keep striving. I have a testimony, uh, not a testimony, a, a, a verse I love. It's 1 Timothy um, 4.12, it says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. Thank you all so much for having us this afternoon. We love you all. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Amen. Men, come on back up. Amen. So uh, we do have a, a table set up in the back. If, if you could please uh, stop by the table. We have some information about uh, addiction. Anything back there is yours. You could take it. It's free. There's a place where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter if you would like to. Um, please pray for us. Addiction recovery is kind of a bumpy road sometimes, and this is a difficult ministry. Um, 
So please pray for us. We really appreciate that. And thanks again for all that you have done and are doing for us. And uh, Pastor Jason, we're going to sing one more song and turn it back over to you. Many people feel stuck in addiction. They feel trapped, a lot of hopelessness, sometimes suicidal. Please be sure and let us know if there's anybody that's struggling with addiction and we can help you in any way. But for these men and for, for many that will follow them, the Lord made a way when it didn't seem like there was any way. You are. 
Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Oh, let's sing it again. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That's who you are, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, it's awesome to hear the testimonies of the grace and goodness of our God, uh, who is a, a way maker who takes broken people, who takes messes and turns them into masterpieces. You know, Scripture says that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And uh, uh, His, poem, His masterpiece. And I thank God uh, for what He's doing in the lives of these men. I thank God for what He's doing uh, in our lives that He is taking what looks like a wreck, and he's redeeming it uh, for the glory of his name. Um, you know, one of my favorite verses, and, and a verse that just stirred my heart early uh, in our early service is 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and uh, verse 1 says, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. These things that you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And when I was thinking this morning, I'm just reminded that we have a faithful God who takes unfaithful people, who takes people that are far from him, and he saves them. Scripture says it's by grace that we're saved through faith, that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, not anything that we've done, but seeing God at work. And then he says we are his workmanship, and God is doing a work in you so he can do a work through you, And he says that we've been created for good works that have been laid since the foundation of time. And, and if you want to know what those good works are, they're not hidden. God's will's not lost. It's not something that, that we have to say, you know what, I'm going to pray and I'm going to try to figure out somehow I'll know what God's will is. His will would be that we would be changed on the inside, that it would make a difference on the outside, and that we would give ourselves, that we would pour our very lives out to seeing his kingdom further to making disciples, to investing in faithful men, right? And, and I want to remind you that those faithful men, we all start out as unfaithful men. We all start out as broken people in need of a Savior. There are not, it's not that we go out and look for some faithful men. It's that we go out and look for everybody and we declare the good news of who Jesus is and how he takes dead people and how he makes them alive and how he transforms them from death to life and he uses them for the glory of his name and he makes them faithful. It is he who is in us that allows us to live faithful lives for the gospel on mission for the glory of his name and I believe that this morning and every day that he desires that we would be people who would say you know what I'm going to give my life to that mission I'm going to deny myself daily to take up my cross I'm going to live my life on mission for the glory of his name it's not going to be about me and I'm going to pour my life out, and I'm going to give my life. That's what God was looking for. He, he said, if anyone would come after me, that's what he was after. It wasn't just, hey, he didn't say, if anyone would, would, would want to come after me, I'm going to give you like a little prayer, and you can repeat that, and then you don't have to worry about anything else the rest of, uh, I mean, it's all going to be fine. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus said that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that there's only one way right to the Father, and that's through him. But it is repentance and surrender. He said, if you confess with your mouth, as Mike quoted, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that we could be saved. It is Lord that we are confessing. We repent of our sins, a change of mind that results in a change of direction. We surrender our lives to him. And he changes us from the inside out in the power of his grace. And he sets us on mission for the glory of his name. And maybe there are some of you that maybe the testimonies relate to, maybe the the moments that we've shared relate to. Maybe you walked in here feeling hopeless. And like Jerome said, he said, it don't matter how old you are, it don't matter how young you are, no matter where you've been or what you've done, his grace is sufficient. And I, I want to I invite you before we close 
just to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. And, and if I can be praying for you, maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what? Uh, I have never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And as I see what God is doing in the lives of these men, as they talk about the faithfulness of this great and mighty God, I recognize that uh, my way is not working, that I've never uh, repented and surrendered, right? that I've never uh, had a place in my life where uh, the Spirit of God has convicted my heart, and I've turned from my sin and just said, Lord, here I am. I surrender my life to you, Lord. My life is yours. And maybe that's you this morning. You say, you know what? I've never trusted Jesus for salvation. There's never been a time in my life where I've repented of my sin and just surrendered my life to him. But this morning, I declared that, Lord, my life is yours. Maybe you're watching online, and that's where you're at. And you say, you know what? I surrender. I'm going the wrong direction, and I need help. I need your grace and your mercy, and you surrender your life this morning. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to ask you, if that's you, and you say, you know what, this morning I surrender my life to Jesus. I trust him for salvation. I believe in the gospel, and I turn from my sin, and I trust in him. Would you lift your hand where you're at? If you were to be here this morning and say, that's, that's me. I surrender my life to Christ for the first time this morning. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe that's a, a, a cry of your heart. Please connect with us. We would love uh, just to begin what Mike's been talking about this whole time, a, a discipleship process where we uh, see God take people from death to life and then transform them into something completely different. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what, I, I'm struggling. Whether it's with addiction or just struggling in the midst of life. Maybe you're, you came this morning and you, maybe you felt like some of these guys shared without hope. And this morning, you just say, you know what, I want you to pray for me. I'm struggling. There's a situation in my life. The Lord's going to know the needs. But if you'd lift your hand, I'd love to pray for you. Just say, you know what, I'm struggling this morning. Would you pray for me? Man, I see hands in lots of places. We have a miracle-working God right away, maker, that meets us right where we're at in the midst of our moments. And even when it doesn't feel like it, he's working that takes even those difficult times and uses them for the glory of his name and to transform and conform us to the image of his son. I want to pray for you. Father, we are grateful, Lord, for those that are gathered in this room and, Lord, lifted their hand to you, just saying they're struggling, Lord. We, we know you know every heart, Lord. We know you know every detail of what's going on in their lives, Lord, the, the places that they are walking that are difficult, Lord, and we know, God, that you are a miracle worker, Lord, that you're a promise keeper. Lord, and in the midst of darkness, Lord, you are light. You are holy. God, you meet us right where we're at. God, you love us right where we're at. But you love us too much to leave us that way. And Father, I pray that you would meet every person exactly where they're at. Those that lifted their hand, those that were online, Lord, those that this morning said, you know what, I'm struggling. Lord, we pray you would fill them with the knowledge of your will. God, in all spiritual understanding, God, we pray, Lord, that if there's anything, God, that, uh, that as, as Mike shared, Lord, of just where they tacked on a little bit of Jesus uh, to what they were already doing, God, I pray, Lord, for every person in this room, Lord, that we wouldn't have a little bit of Jesus just tacked on our day, Lord, but that we would leave this place, Lord, on mission for the glory of your name, Lord, with uh, our heart set on you. God, we pray, Lord, for God, every need. Lord, we ask you to meet them according to your will, Lord, to encourage and to strengthen. God, to give a peace that passes all understanding for the difficult moments. Lord, we pray, God, that you would help us to be a people who would pour our lives out daily for the cause of making disciples, Lord, of doing life with one another, Lord, to see us grow. Lord, to be complete in Christ. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us. We ask this in Jesus' name. We're going to dismiss here in just a moment. Um, I'm ask Kyle Jennings, who's our deacon of the week. He's going to come and uh, close us in a, a word of prayer. I want to make just a couple of announcements in regards to Teen Challenge. You'll see a table in the back. Mike will be uh, there. I want to encourage you to, to stop by there to look and um, just... Uh, I know there's a way to sign up for a newsletter that uh, will connect you to some of what their ministry is, is doing and just keep up uh, with them. Uh, Mike, I don't know if Mike shared in this service, but 
the cost of a person being at, at Teen Challenge is about $300 a month, and he shared earlier uh, that many of the men uh, are not able to contribute at all. So if you know somebody that is uh, in need and, and you can connect with this ministry, they are working with folks and doing all that they can uh, just to engage in that way. And I know that it takes uh, finances to to run a ministry like that, and you see the, the, the result of those things. And so I want to encourage you as you leave, you'll see some RAs with blue buckets that'll say Teen Challenge uh, on those. Uh, you can write out checks to Teen Challenge. You can, you can make those to Cowie with a side mark of some sort that we can uh, connect that. We'll be glad to get those uh, those to them. But if you'd like to give toward this ministry, I know there's uh, Living Hope or livinghopeway.com is their website, and you can, you can do digital giving there and, and even recurring giving. But it's a great ministry. They've certainly blessed my heart every time I have been around them. I know they've been an encouragement to us today. So consider how you can be part of what God's doing. I know they said they like to eat. It might even be those kind of things, just providing meals, providing prayers, but just coming alongside that. You know, as we think about ways that we, as exiles in this foreign land, can live for the welfare of a city, that we can live for a welfare the people and make a difference. This is just an incredible way. So I want to encourage you uh, just to pray and, and continue to seek uh, how you can be involved in what God's doing there and continue to love on people that are walking through addiction through difficult uh, times and, and that we could point them to Jesus and other folks that uh, can, can help them uh, in the midst. So uh, thank you again, Mike. Uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate all you men, your testimonies, Jerome, Brandon, all. Just a, an incredible blessing to have you with us today. And I know my heart uh, is encouraged. Um, Kyle, if you'll come and, and close us in, in prayer, you'll be dismissed. But again, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for meeting with us here today in this, in this building. Father, we thank you that you are um, right there and available to us at all times. We thank you for making your presence known in these men's lives, um, for using Mike and his staff to, um, to reach out to them and disciple them. Um, and Father, we know that you have placed this church here for, for that purpose for us. You've placed uh, each of us here to, um, for each other to, to grow and to disciple and to, um, for us to meet here in other places and to read your word. Father, we, we uh, pray for those that, that aren't here today for whatever reason, um, that you keep us safe um, in the times that we're in. Um, and Father, I, I pray that uh, in the times that our church is going through, our country is going through, um, that we seek you first, that we seek um, unity with one another, we share our love for, for one another and, and for others as you've commanded us to. Um, and when people see us as a church, they'll see us as disciples of you that love you and that, that share your love. Um, Father, I pray that you keep us safe as we go out of here today. Um, help us to um, take what we've, we've learned and what we've experienced with you in this hour and, and keep it with us all week. Jesus' name I pray. Amen.